Bienvenidos. Welcome to episode 55 of the Jacobin Sports Show. I am Matthew Miranda, joined by a slightly less ebullient Jonah Birch than I am used to. Morose. Positively um, morose. A, mor- a morose Jonah Birch, in fact, on this Friday, June 17th. Of course, um, Jonah, like me, very disappointed that the New York Rangers were not able to pull it out against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, Sorry, everyone, that's just a poor joke on this sad day. Jonah Birch, of course, morose because his Boston Celtics were eliminated at home in the finals last night for only the second time ever by the Golden State Warriors, who win their fourth title in eight years. We are going to talk about that mostly in today's episode, pretty much exclusively. But before we get into that, I just want to make an announcement for those of you who are listening out there in Radio Land. Please remember that the Jacqueline Sports Show, being the people's pod, is dependent on the people's support. We launched our Patreon um, for the show about a week ago and heroically have the same number of donors now as we had then. So if you are listening, if you like the show, if you know people who like the show, if you have money to burn, um, whatever it is, go on the Patreon. There's different tiers, different levels. Um to donate at there's there's low levels there's high roller levels each of which comes with um different incentives um it would be great to hear from people and get some donations so please check us out um it's patreon.com i think slash jacobin sports um so yeah hopefully that will continue and we will continue but the main story of the day of course the nba finals are over the nba season is over the Boston Celtics are fiend. Jonah Birch, going into last night, what were you expecting or feeling? Um, I mean, I was. I this was not far off from what I expected after yeah. the last couple of games. I mean, the Celtics' offense has been such a mess, and, and the complete lack of any production from the bench, mm-hmm. which clearly, like. I mean, the moment was too big for Grant Williams and Peyton Pritchard, given mm-hmm. where they are in their careers. Mm-hmm. Um, Rob Williams is obviously not fully healthy. And then Tatum. I mean, I, Golden State's defense w- is unbelievable. And yeah. I underestimated them. And, um, you know, which I shouldn't have because they were the number two defense in the league all season. Mm-hmm. Um, but they just, they stole his soul. Uh, the last few games of this, mm-hmm. this I mean, it, he was so frustrated and last night was such a microcosm. Now, how much of that is his shoulder? Will he need shoulder surgery? You know, that's going to be a discussion going forward, but they clearly shut him down. Um, and, um, you know, the Celtics just had no answers for some of these golden state runs. Uh, obviously the turnovers were a killer, but oh, the turnovers were brutal. Brutal. I mean, just offensively, uh, Celtics fell apart. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I mean, I could see it coming even when they started the game 12 up 12 2. Yeah. Um, I was shocked. I thought when they went up big early, I thought like crowd behind them. Um, you know, they're not going to lose on their home floor. They're going to, I could have easily seen them blowing them out and then losing in game seven. 
But, but why do people keep saying that? I mean, the Celtics were better on the road this postseason than they were at home. I think some of it is that is that even though it's not the Garden, some of it is that Boston mystique. Like you don't even now you don't go into Boston expecting to eliminate, especially a good Celtic team on their home floor. That's a place that has, I think, one of the the better, definitely one of the better crowds and like home. Oh yeah, the crowd is excellent. the The crowd is great. The stadium is, uh, you know, the vibe is really intense. Mm-hmm. But I, but I, I just don't. Sure, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, there's that mystique, that that history, um, and you know, obviously, if when you take a step back, viewed in totality, mm-hmm. teams do better at home, obviously, than they do on the road. Except this Celtics team has not been consistently better at home than on the road these playoffs, partly because they've been such a great road team. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I was there in game four. Game four is when they lost the series, right? Yeah. I mean, that's – yeah. they they should have been up more at halftime. Mm-hmm. Um, and the second half, the, that fourth quarter collapse was just an epic collapse, and they couldn't do anything in the fourth quarter. And they went back to Golden State and it was in their heads going into the beginning of game five, right? You know, mm-hmm. I mean, they lost it in the second half of game four. So. Yeah, they did. By the way, can I ask you a question? Sure. So I was at the at the garden with, uh, you know, for game four. Mm-hmm. And behind me was like a group of like kind of corporate-y bro uh, Warriors fans oh, who had just flown in from... Oh, from, God. Um, <laughs> So if you're going to ask I, me, is it acceptable to hit them? My answer is yes. Yeah. So I almost got in a physical. <laughs> I feel like I would have fucked that guy up. By yeah. the way. You know, I believe that. Like, strike, a blow, strike a blow for your comrades. Punch that capitalist right in the face. Yeah. 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 As you know, as opposed to all the people from Boston who were there. <laughs> who were salt to the earth. You know, the real <laughs> proletariat. Uh, so here's my question. In a situation like that, I, here's here are my rules that the the rules of etiquette for Done. being an away fan at a at a finals game. Okay, you can root for your t- team. Obviously, you can be loud. You can yell at the refs. You can exclaim at uh, opposing players mm-hmm. angrily uh, mm-hmm. or jeeringly. Uh, y- you know, you can do all of that stuff. You can be excited. But you should be there for the basketball, right? I mean, you know, yeah, like if you flew you, across the country, you're you flew there. across the country. Get off your fucking phone, and then you, you can't like actively try to be like as obnoxious as possible. Like you can't troll. So the guy no. behind me, like every time the crowd would do like a "Let's Go Celtics" chant, he's mm-hmm. going. He's going, let's go, Warriors, Warrior. You know, he's just like yelling in my ear nonstop. And it was just like pointless. No one can hear you, brother, except for me. Right. I'm like right in front of you. <laughs> I was like, shut the fuck up. Shut up. You know, that's, I'm like, um, yeah. clearly you don't, you're not getting that, uh, you know, someone is going to hit you mm-hmm. at some point or yeah. whatever, you know. Uh, so I feel like I was in the right there, as always. You were. I like the Larry David of <laughs> Well, The dirty little secret of Curb Your Enthusiasm is that actually Larry David is basically right about everything. I, was, everyone I always assumed that was the moral of the show. Um, that is. That's the takeaway. I, I agree with that. Um, 
I mean, I think especially when you are the road fan in certain places, you need to be cognizant of it. It's like when you're a guest in someone's home. Like, you don't go to someone's home and act exactly like you would at your house. You recognize that, like, this isn't my space. I have to respect certain standards. Um, I've gone to games at Yankee Stadium where I have made sure to wear completely non-sports-affiliated clothing. Just because when I would see the Mets play the Yankees at Yankee Stadium, I see so much shit. I don't want to get jumped or have beer thrown at me because I have a Mets hat on. So, like, I leave it off. When I've seen the Mets play the Yankees at City Field, I wore all my Mets stuff because that was home. Right. You understand that. I I was struck in the series by, well, a number of things. But on what you're talking about now, um, just in terms of the fan... I don't know if this is a fair statement, so you can tell me what you think. When you watch an NBA game, you get a lot of shots of of the courtside fans, either behind the basket or on the sidelines, just because that's where the cameras are. And I might be wrong, but I was struck in this series by, and this is a weird thing to hear coming out of my mouth, but it's absolutely true. It looked to me like the Celtic crowd was much more diverse. It looked to me like the Celtic crowd... Maybe front row is not salt of the earth, people. But when you would see the crowd on the baseline and the sidelines in, in Golden State, like it looked like a tech, tech row takeover. Like It looked sure. like those people. So I love the Warriors. I love their style of play. I love a lot of their guys. But the thing that is, is maybe going to turn me against them one day is they just seem to have just – no, I, I, I don't know. Something about that, that bothered me. It, it was weird to realize the, the vibe in the in the Bay, right? And they moved from Oakland to San Francisco, yep. and yeah, um, yeah, uh, you know. And the Warriors are a hot ticket, and when they're a hot ticket, the people with money are going to get the tickets. And who has the money in 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 the Bay? And there's that thing there where, like, so the Raiders left the Bay, but okay, the Raiders are kind of a a collective nut job. They're going to do weird shit. Um, the A's have wanted to leave forever, and the, clearly the fans have picked up on it because they're drawing about 3,000 fans a game this year. But the Warriors were the team that I always felt like that really is like Oakland's team. And when they played in the old arena in Oakland, like it had a, a vibe. And even even when they were really great, like there was still kind of a, a grittiness or a parochial quality to it. And yeah. now it just reeks to me of like they seem like a... a, a a glaring example of what happens when like money just takes over something. Um, I love the players and the team, but that whole vibe around them and like their owners, this bothers me too. I don't know if you stayed around for the, you probably didn't watch the trophy celebration. I didn't know when, when the fuck are we going to get to the point where the, the first people who get the trophy should be whoever the finals MVP is, then the coach, then maybe the owners. So they have Golden State's asshole conglomerate of like billionaire owners out there. Right. And Peter Gruber, motherfucker. Peter Gruber, I guess, is maybe from Boston. So he starts putting on this Boston accent and talking about winning it in the garden and like kind of trolling like a little bit. And I was like, you're really a, 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 a if I can use the word, a twat because you're a billionaire up on a stage knowing there's all the security between you and the fans. You know most of the West Celtic fans have left the arena, so now you feel comfortable trolling a fan base that, like, anyone watching that series as a neutral, like I did, 
like this was an extremely likable Celtic team, extremely likable, one of the more likable ones in memory for me. They played hard. They didn't play dirty. Um, there's the fans were great. The atmosphere was great. There was there's not a historical Golden State Boston. It's not like the Lakers. Why are you trolling the arena? Why are you why are you trolling that alone? Made me kind of wish maybe that the Celtics would have come back and win the series. But then their asshole billionaire would have been up there getting the trophy first anyway. Yeah, man. I mean, owners are owners, you know. Yeah, um, just that traditions is just sickens me. Like it's so stupid. Yeah. So, question um, on the court stuff. Yeah. Can the Celtics win with Marcus Smart as their point guard, or do sure. they need to get someone next to him who's more of a creator or offensive threat? No, they can win with Marcus. Smart. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm not. I mean, I have no questions about that. I, I, I look. They needed. They needed better from Tatum, obviously. You know, and they needed in a different way better from Brown. Yes, you know? definitely. Um, and they needed some bench production, like mm-hmm. any bench production mm-hmm. in the last few games. If they mm-hmm. had gotten any of those things, um, you know, I think that <laughs> it could have been a different series. Like, if if I see, like, I I I go to sleep and I have nightmares of Jalen fucking Brown driving into traffic and getting stripped, <laughs> and like. Yes, I'm just like what? Don't stop it! Please. Every time I looked up, that seemed to be happening. It was either a turnover or a drive, an attempt at a driving runner that you knew he wasn't going to finish, and he didn't. Um, no, and they they needed more floor spacing, which yes. is you know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's so funny because at the trade deadline, Celtics fans that I talked to were like, "Well." we need another wing who can shoot basically. And then it seemed like, no, they had, they had worked it out. And uh, between, you know, Grant Williams improved three point shooting, the resurgence of Peyton Pritchard, and then Derek White's, Mm -hmm. you know, a couldn't obviously very streaky shooter, not very good shooter with the Celtics, but um, the impact he made in other ways that they had put together this rotation that worked, but they did, they needed another wing who could, who could shoot. Or someone who could shoot the ball. Mm-hmm. And Peyton Pritchard was just like not – he's – you know, it's his second year in the league. Yeah. He had some good moments in the playoffs, but he looked so tight. Uh, he did. He looked, out of, he looked out of his element a little bit. Grant Williams, who is a very good three-point shooter, looked so tight. Mm-hmm. That, like they just looked like they were not ready for this kind of spotlight. Now, you could say on the one hand, well – like I was at a, I ended up at a bar last night. I traversed, I tra- I went from Jersey to back to man to Manhattan at <laughs> halftime. Wow! Stumbled into a, a like Wall Street bar to watch the second half, surrounded by fucking Warrior fans. In, in <laughs> That's like a certain level of hell. In my in my 2008 Celtics championship T-shirt. That's right. Uh, <laughs> it's it's. The, the you know uh-huh. uh, the one championship we have to hold on to, uh, <laughs> but no, but um, yeah. So I, I don't even remember. Uh, I where was I going with that? Oh, the guy next to me uh, was like, "Well, they'll be back," and I was like, "Well, you know, that. fuck you." Don't say that. That's, that's so stupid. What yep. a ridiculous. I'm like, who knows what's going to happen? The East is going to be really good next year. Who knows what Miami's going to do? Obviously, the Bucks are. Mm-hmm. Gonna, you know, I mean, uh, the, Middleton the, back. 
yeah, I mean, they'll be a little bit older, but, and they have some, they have some lineup problems, but Giannis is Giannis, you mm-hmm. know, and there, there's any, the, who knows what happens with the Nets, right. who knows, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm still skeptical about the Sixers, but I mean, with, between Maxi's improvement and yeah. there's just like a lot of depth in the East. There is right? a lot of depth, you know? yeah. Um, and, and Al Horford had an incredible season. An incredible Al Horford is, is such a easy player to love watch play and just root for. And I just like his game. And I was happy when they got him back because Philadelphia didn't seem to really have a plan or a use for him. But when oh, you see yeah. him on Boston and he's just doing everything that he does, I love watching Al Horford play. But the, the one hope for the Celtics going forward, if Rob Williams stays healthy, is that there is room for improvement with this entire core, and Absolutely. there are assets and pieces to add to it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, now, yeah, I, I, who, 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 this was a blown opportunity, and I'm not taking anything away from the Warriors by saying that. I mean, mm-hmm. Steph Curry is is just a <laughs> – he's a juggernaut. He um, and absolutely terrifying. I mean – you know when I knew last night that they that the Warriors were going to win? As soon as Draymond Green hit a fucking three, and then <laughs> Jordan Poole banked one in. Yes, he did in the first and, quarter. And yes, he did. Like, okay, well, you know, and you could see the Celtics deflate. It's funny uh, you say that because I remember in 94 when the Knicks were playing the Rockets in game seven, there was a point when Kenny Smith, with the shot clock running down, hit like a 30-foot bank three. Yeah. And I knew it, I knew no matter it was early, it was the first half, but I knew at that point they're not winning this game. Can you explain to me how the Warriors are so good defensively? Well, I think they're improved from where they were a few years ago because okay, Draymond is an annual defensive player of the year candidate. Sure. Andrew Wiggins is and has been a really good defender. Um for a while, and he gives he's them. Been, he was excellent. He's excellent. Clay is not what Clay was, um, but Clay, and in particular Curry, I think are a little underrated defensively because we just think of them as like shooters. But they're both pretty good um, defensively. Steph doesn't hurt you. Clay's not what he was a few years ago, but he's still very good. And I think with them, really, it's also that just they've had, they have such content. Like you talked about, I agree with you about Boston. Like this was a blown opportunity, but I'm more. I'm more confident that this was a learning experience than a flash in the pan. Mm. But with Golden State, I wrote about that for a piece today. Like they've had the same core four guys since 15 Steph, Clay, Draymond, and Iguodala. And you could see in the game last night, even though Iguodala didn't play, there was a point where Gary Payton was getting very frustrated with fouls called against him on, um, I can't remember who it was. Payton got called for a couple of quick fouls, and Iguodala got right in his ear. The the Warriors pulled him. Iguodala kept coaching him on the sideline. I have issues with some things about Iguodala, but not his basketball IQ. And when you have four guys like that, that long together, with the same coach, with the same um, culture and mentality. I and think, I mean something else. Yeah. Like, like sure. Totally. Oh, can't you mean like tangibly on the court? Why are they so good? Like, look, it, it should have been the case that there were matchups for the Celtics to attack. Yes. Jordan Poole guarding anyone. Yeah, Steph was on Holford a lot. Yeah. But this is why I asked you about Smart as the point guard. What I saw a lot in the game last night was there were times where the Celtics had mismatches, and that person never got the ball. And I feel like – Yeah. You know? Look, they started out with a smart game plan, which was 
we are going to run the offense through Marcus Smart out of the post, basically, mm-hmm. right? I mean, that's what they were. That's mm-hmm. what they were trying to do. Uh, and I, I and at the beginning of the game, they looked really good for a minute, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then I just think that the whole team got um, got thrown. Like really thrown. I'm not convinced that the problem here is Marcus Smart is, um, you know, yeah. I, I, he may not be the problem. I think, like you said before, though, they they need more shooting, and I think yeah, that's the issue. The big thing yeah. is they need more shooting, and also what killed them. I mean, eventually, I think like most teams, Golden State will push and push until they break what you're doing. But for the first at least four games of the series, if not a little bit longer. Golden State was struggling with a lot of half-court stuff. If you looked at their points per possession, it, it wasn't good. What killed Boston eventually was not only the number of turnovers, but that they were leading the, the Warriors. The last I saw before game six were averaging like one and a half points per transition um, opportunity, which is, is which is incredible. It's just absurd. So not only are you yeah, not yeah. only that, I think that more than anything, I don't think Boston's, Half court defense killed them. When you see Steph, no, no, that but, obviously is that the whole strategy of the Celtics was to force the Warriors to play in the half court because the Warriors couldn't yeah. score in the Celtics in the half court. Yeah, but and because they have so many, I think with Boston, which may be reason for hope, Brown is not quite there yet as a shooter, which is why you saw him making so many ill-advised drives. Oh, I think the problem is not his shooting. No, it's. I, I mean, he, yeah, he could uh, obviously improve. He's a really good shooter and he's so tall i mean jeff van gundy kept saying he, he needs to rise up over that's his and it's true he can he's so tall and athletic and yeah the problem is his handle his handle yep. is yep. just not there yet and it needs to it needs to improve significantly you know yeah he and, either needs to improve enough as a shooter that people have to be so tight on him that he can get by them easier or he's got to improve that handle yeah because that was what that's really what beat them if these two teams played at the gym, like on one on one hoop where you've got to get the rebound and bring it back, like that kind of half court thing, Boston probably wins. They were bigger, they were more physical, they were stronger. Horford and Williams caused major problems for Golden State at times. But once it became full court with those turnovers, now let me ask you this, because I have a friend of mine who's very down on Jason Tatum, and I don't think that's fair. Um I thought Tatum had the experience that probably a lot of great players do the first time they get to the finals. Like, it's it's a challenge. It's a different level. It's a different um, it's a different atmosphere. Everything's different. But you're not down on Tatum after that series. No. Good. Okay. My friend's like very down on him, and I'm like, I don't know what you wanted him to do. In the he already he outplayed Durant. He outplayed at least neutralized, if not outplayed Giannis. Um, down on him because of the turnovers. Down on him because he didn't think that he th- he expected Tatum to like rise to this other level, and I'm like, I'm not sure that's fair. You know, the first time you get to the finals, to expect someone to just I don't think there's one player in the league that's just gonna like lead the team to be Golden State. I don't think that person exists. Maybe Giannis, maybe, but I thought Tatum. I- was brilliant all season. And even in the finals with some of the struggles that he had, whatever the problem was, I never looked at the Celtics and thought, well, I guess Tatum's not as good as I thought he was. Oh, he'll come back from this. And, uh, and I mean, I, I do wonder how much the shoulder I, you know, I expected one 
Jason Tatum game, right? Like, yes. like game six against Milwaukee where he went for 46. And it's just like, mm-hmm. and you just can't, he, he's just, you know, where he's the step back threes, he, he hits three of them in a row. And it's just like mm-hmm. the other team is a mess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, but I, you know, I'm, yeah, I, whatever, man, like he'll be back. He'll be better. Yeah, I saw Ime Udoka told the Celtics after the game, like, you know, go home and think about what you can do better for next season. I'm sure Tatum's going to come back even better than he is, which is kind of terrifying for if you're not a Celtic fan because he's already awesome. Um, great player. Just, you know, they. I think they ran into, like, credit to Golden State. Like you said, Steph is a cheat code. I mean, he hit a three last night, curling baseline, where he was like kind of fading to his left and his body his body was contorted. Yeah. You don't, you don't see people even try that shot. And when he took it, you knew it was going in. Um, and I, I really think the big difference in the series was Steph. Like Steph was the one player in the series who was working as a three-level scorer. He was brilliant driving. He knew yeah, like he when to drive. Yeah. And he had and you even saw it last night. Clay Thompson has incredible touch. And I don't know if it's the injuries or what, but when Clay would drive and Jalen Brown did it too, a lot of guys, you know, they drive. And if there's a certain amount of contesting, you know they're not going to make the shot against NBA defenses. Steph is going to do it. Yep. Steph's going to do it against everybody. Yeah, um, props to Draymond Green, I think, for, um, you know, you might hate him, and it's fair you do, especially if he's against your team. But that guy is a weird, unique, but – Excellent, just awesome player. Um, props to Robert Williams, who, man, if you get a whole healthy season from that. When he blocked, I think it was Pools 3, like, he's like three feet off the guy, and he still blocks his shot. At like, Yeah, but he, he really was awful in the um, in, in the series as a whole. Not awful. De- obviously, defensively, he does yeah. so many things. He wasn't, he wasn't his full self- and, and there was no – he wasn't any kind of a rim threat, right, yeah. Like which they they really needed from him. I mean, he's just hurt. His knee is hurt. Everybody's banged you know? up at this point, but the Celtics – I mean, That's Smart true. has a 1,000 injuries. Williams, you know, came back from something that in the regular season would have kept him out longer. Tatum's yeah, yeah. banged up. Like, I think this – I think I know Golden State was knocked up too, but this was not a healthy Celtic team at its best giving you their all. Well, I mean, part of the part of the issue is that, you know, this the the two previous series both went seven for the Celtics, and partly mm-hmm. I think they ran out of gas, you know, yes. a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas the Warriors are getting there in five. Right? Yeah, they had you like know? a week off, I think, before the finals. Yep. Um, I mean, of course, everyone is hurt, so I, I'm not. Yeah, saying but I, I, it's not always equal. I think the Celtics were more banged up than Golden State. Um, and it would have been it would have been great to see them like at full strength, especially Williams and um, Smart and Tatum would have been nice to see. Yeah. Yep. So one last maybe one last question for you. Um, yeah. There were I read several complaints in the media and from people I know about the the quality and style of play in the series. There was a lot of bitching and moaning about. Um, and it's something we've heard for years. It's not just in this series, but that it was all, it's too many threes. It's its too many like teams playing the same style and Tatum taking step back threes and 
you know, Clay Thompson, particularly last night, just launching and not being Clay. I don't know if you could detach from this when your team is like in the finals, but did you find at any point watching that that series that did the Celtics seem to be playing a different style than they usually did? Were you turned off by the basketball you were actually watching? Or did you find it, you know, cool? I, I can't even I don't even know what to say to that. Like <laughs> I the reason people are shooting threes is try and go to the basket on mm-hmm. those two teams. Like seriously, try. Mm-hmm. Like in, yes, in the half yes. court, it just wasn't <clears throat> you're you're not gonna be able to do it. Right. I mean, against Golden State, you can't get there. They strip the ball against the Celtics. The rim protection is just not. There's they're just too big, and so uh, whatever, man. Like, you know, I have nothing to say about that. I I saw some incredible plays. I really thought last night the Celtics were going to come back because, bizarrely, when Golden State was up maybe fourteen or fifteen in the second half. They kept collapsing on Celtic drives and things in the inside the arc. So the Celtics would kick out and get a three. And I'm thinking, like, the only thing that's going to make them come back is threes. Like, give them the twos. Let them have twos. But Boston did a good job. They kept getting there. And you're right. Like, when they went all the way, they usually got stripped. But when they could get kind of in that middle ground where they would draw the defense and then kick out before – you know, they fully committed to the drive. They were having some success with that drive. I mean, they just couldn't game. hit anything. Uh, there was a moment where Grant Williams got a, a wide open saw, yep. three, yep. you know, on the wing, on the yeah. break. And and it was just like. I thought he had it. I was like, here it comes. It's just not. Is Aaron E. Smith not like. Well, that's going to be a big question for the. Uh, so uh, the, his issue has been injuries. Okay. Right. I mean, he came in during COVID. And he was kind of a mess. And then he kind of put together a nice stretch at the end of last season. Uh, but then he was just hurt all, all year this year. And by the time he was healthy, the rotation had been set and he wasn't he wasn't in it. Mm. Uh, now he's gotta he's gotta figure out how to play NBA defense. I mean, he it works very hard and he's clearly mm-hmm. very smart. Um, but he does not look like he knows what's going on. And in the Celtics switching defense one person who who doesn't know what they're doing. Yeah. Is, um, so, you know, if he can do that, he, he really can shoot, you know. Um, I mean, we'll see. We'll see if, you know, uh, he could be a productive player. Mm-hmm. Um, but they need, they need more, I would mm-hmm. say. I don't know what that is. I, actually, I have a very good feeling about Brad Stevens and his ability to. I mean, so far, so good. Yeah, so far, so good. Okay, well, that's it for this NBA season. So that, sad. <laughs> my NBA season's been done for almost three months, so I don't feel nearly as sad as you do. My NBA season starts next week when the draft comes. Um, so maybe we will. Um, so we'll we'll talk to you again, audience. We will probably, hopefully, do something um, after the draft because then I actually get to talk about the Knicks. Um, Again, please, um, if you follow us on Twitter, at Jackman Sports, um, check out the Patreon. Send an email. Tell me how to pronounce it. Patreon, Patreon, Patreon. Um, but look for the Patreon for Jackman Sports. Please, if you can, consider subscribing. If you have suggestions for tiers or incentives that you think we should offer, you can email us at Sports at gmail.com. Uh, that's it for this week. 
Jonah, congrats on a, you know. Don't oh, congrats what did you have, me. What did you have for breakfast today? I'm curious. A bagel. A bagel. Do you like breakfast pastry? Like a Danish? I'm not a big Danish guy. No. What about what about like an apple turnover? I could I could go for an apple turnover, I guess. Okay. So turnovers right. are not turnovers are not always something that offend you. <laughs> you fucking idiot. <laughs> and on that note, everybody, thank you and have a good week. Goodbye. It's amazing.